0: Yeah, the kind of story that really uh, gets us excited. Uh, I mean, they really all do, but that kind of story where you can uh, tell a story that a lot of people in Canada don't realize and that almost seems like it must not be true at first, that, oh yeah, there's a huge highway through the middle of Northern Canada that was built by the American
1: military uh, looking to fight Hitler. Uh, (laughs) Today on the show, we are joined with historian Adam Bunch. Adam is the face of this incredible series titled Canadiana, and it's a show on Canadian history, but not just any Canadian history. This is the shit they don't teach you in school. Before recording this interview, I watched a sneak preview of their latest season three, and they were talking about pirates in the East Coast. One guy was even cutting off people's ears, frying them up and feeding it back to them. Like, oh my God, and there's like craziness going on from witches to love triangles, and so much interesting stuff that I never even heard of. And I know we got some American listeners too, and you think Canada's all nice. Well, we got some crazy history as well. And uh, on top of all that, I'm blown away. I've been going back watching the older seasons, and I can't believe it is only made by such a small group of people because they're traveling to the locations. It's edited so well. And even though it's a YouTube series, the quality of it feels big budget, like a proper documentary show on, on television and everything. And I can't stress enough, go check out their YouTube channel, Canadiana, and click around. But with that being said, I can talk and talk about how much I love the series. But let's get to know Adam, how he became an amazing speaker and historian, and learn a little bit about the wild side of Canada right now yeah i I basically uh just discovered uh the series and you guys are going into your third season which uh i got the little sneak preview of the first two episodes of that and i just want to say i enjoyed it so much i've been going back on the channel and uh this morning i've been watching uh your your, some of your other episodes and uh i just want to say incredible work on that
0: oh fantastic so glad so glad you like it and you got to see those those episodes
1: yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. And uh, yeah, even before I dive into that too, I just kind of want to know a little bit about you too because uh, one thing I loved about what I've seen so far is just you as a host, a historian, a speaker. It's, uh, you're, uh, you got like such a, a knack of just being able to captivate people who are watching and uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it so far.
0: Oh, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, I've been doing sort of writing about history for, oh, like since 2010. Uh, so my background, actually, I went to York for, uh, screenwriting, uh, and came out of it and I was, uh, sort of a music writer for a while and ran an, an online music magazine for a bit. And when that turned out, you know, the early 2000s were not the, not the easiest time to make a living, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, writing music reviews. Uh, so after that i started sort of writing about the history of toronto in particular and i started with sort of a strange sort of fiction project where called the toronto dreams project which is where i started in 2010 uh, where i'd write sort of fictional dreams about figures from the city's past like dreams they might have had uh, and i created little postcards for them uh, that i designed and then left in public places that had something to do with that person's real History and each one had a URL on it that would link to the website where you could find out the true stories uh, of those historical figures. And over time, I started writing more and more of those true stories and that sort of taken over uh, writing all the nonfiction stuff. So uh, I've done I've written a couple of books about the history of Toronto, uh, the Toronto Book of the Dead and the Toronto Book of Love, which both sort of tell the whole history of the city through various stories. Uh, they're either love themed or death themed Uh, and then yeah my co-creators on canadiana got in touch back when i was just writing on a blog uh, and suggested the idea of doing canadiana because they're both like career film people Uh, and we started doing doing that too Uh, so so, yeah i'm doing yeah canadiana stuff all across the country and then lots of toronto history stuff
1: That's awesome. Oh, it's cool to really hear about uh, your roots too, especially uh, the idea of kind of putting your own spin on history and even going so far to like hide it in places where people will find it. And did you, uh, did you get a lot of feedback with that?
0: Uh, Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what kicked off uh, sort of what's my career now is that it was a much stronger, positive reaction than I ever could have expected. People seem to really love it. So uh, you could follow along on social media and then go find the cards yourself if you wanted to collect them or you could happen upon them and then it would hopefully you know be a little bit of a hook and a trigger for people to want to learn more about that real history uh yeah and sort of led to me starting to write for places like spacing magazine and getting a publisher interested in the book uh i did some crowdfunding campaigns too so i got to take dreams uh i did one trip to the uk and a couple of years just before the pandemic one Sort of across Europe, leaving dreams in Toronto history-related places in other countries. Since uh, you know, the stories of Toronto and Canada are pre-international in scope, a lot of them. So uh yeah, the response has been so good and like led to Canadiana and sort of everything I do now all sort of started with that one little, yeah, weird little idea 12 I, years ago.
1: I love that too, because like it seems to me that was like probably just you were probably thinking this is just a passion project I'm just going to do this and then to see it just become a seed that planted all of this it's uh it's one of those things where if like sometimes just coming up with the most unique and genuine idea that's fueled with passion is the stuff that connects with other people and and overall that that's just like a fun way to even share history as well
0: yeah I think it's Uh, Something I try to always keep front of mind and that we do with Canadiana too, uh, which can be harder to remember on the most exhausting days when we were climbed up a mountain in Yukon or something uh, to get (laughs) a ridiculous shot that we probably don't need but really want is that, yeah, we try to let uh, the enthusiasm be as infectious as possible and hope that the fact that we find these stories so interesting and so fascinating and so important sort of translates to the people Uh, watching or yeah and some of my other projects reading or following along
1: yeah i i feel the energy too like right away i was like really hooked and also um, it's not just you talking about history it's like a lot of like the history that they wouldn't tell us in school because it's either like risque or like there's like a bunch of like murder and like like hence like uh these these newer episodes too it's like the first two episodes of the third season you're talking about Real pirates on the East Coast and like dastardly shit they've been up to and everything and I was I was so hooked into that.
0: Yeah, they're great. like, we're continually surprised and uh, and yeah, fascinated by the stories that we're learning. And mostly, we just follow the things we find most interesting uh, and sort of try to balance with that with making sure we've got a diversity of stories and people represented and the geography of the country, too we had a pirates episode which is gonna be the first two-part episode uh, that we've ever done was because uh, this season and pirates was one of the biggest examples of it That the things we started looking into you just learn more and more and the scripts get longer and longer and the location list gets more and more daunting uh, because there are so many fascinating tales as a part of each tale and mm-hmm. you know pirate episode sort of started with us trying to tell the story of one pirate and then deciding we're so fascinated by the whole history of it that we do an overview of hundreds of years of piracy on the east coast and ended up traveling yeah i don't even know how many locations we did for that episode was a ridiculous list for uh for a youtube channel about canadian (laughs) history yeah Uh, also having the delight of getting to visit those places Too, and hopefully take our viewers there with us uh, in the episode to get to see these places because this is such a spectacular country. There's so many amazing places and places that have such a rich history that are filled with these stories and pirate ones on the East Coast. You can find just about everywhere you turn. There's a myth or a legend or an actual real historical event, which is what we really wanted to tell was, you know, there are, a history that's cloaked in myth and legend but that there are these real truths at the at the origin of it at the root of those stories uh that are just as fascinating as the myths and legends uh themselves and that's something that repeats all across the country uh which is why yeah we've got this biggest most ambitious season we've done yet because we can't just we just can't resist following you know falling down those rabbit holes and following those leads and uh, learning as much as we can and cramming as much into these episodes as we possibly can.
1: Yeah, and it's it's uh you guys got like such a skill too. Like uh the episodes are are quick, but they're so like like they're full of so much information, but at the same time not an overboard. It's like very digestible as well too, which is. Uh, another thing what's uh, making me fall in love with the series too and you also mentioned like how uh, you're actually going to all these different locations and like being at the spot and I really think it's amazing how like you kind of animate around the reality as well like seems like so much work and even as i was watching it i went back to your press release i'm like oh what channel is this gonna air on i'm like oh this is a youtube channel like i'm not used to uh youtube content being that produced like it's amazing this is something you'd see on like cbc or discovery the type of production you put in so kudos to all of you on that
0: oh, thanks and my co-creators uh, kyle kuko and ashley brooke uh have uh, yeah have got that background and have really been teaching themselves to sort of as the series progresses uh, all that uh, really like and I can say it because I'm not the one doing it. I like I love it's so exciting to me every time they send me a new cut of something and Kyle especially the season's been just locked in his office for weeks and months on end just animating away sort of bringing these stories to life so that we're able to have that combination of uh, sort of having the physical places and going there and getting you know, spectacular drone shots of uh, you know, Cape Spear or the coast of Labrador or the mountains of the Yukon and then filling that in with uh, archival images and sort of trying to bring all of that to life with animation. Uh, so Kyle's creating some of those assets all by himself from scratch, sort of creating wow. some of the pirate figures Uh, from almost nothing, uh, especially those episodes, because it can really vary how much source material you have depending on which story you're telling. So uh, the history of piracy is almost, you know, a large part of those episodes is long before there was any photography. uh, And in some cases, talking about figures who weren't, you know, represented in paintings or drawings at all. So you have to bring them to life from scratch, While some other episodes, you've got this treasure trove of archival footage and images. Uh, We've got an episode of the season all about the history of the Alaska Highway, which is a highway through the Yukon mostly, but built by the American military during the Second World War, while they were uh, trying to send supplies to protect Alaska and then send them warplanes on to Stalin as he was fighting Hitler on the... Uh, Eastern Front and uh, has this whole history of how that impacted the Yukon and it's still one of the main roads through the territory uh, today and that's one that's rich with all this archival imagery uh, and footage. Uh, A lot of it public domain stuff taken by the American government uh, and has these spectacular physical locations that you get to go visit. There's still uh american military trucks rotting away on the side of the alaska highway to this day that you can go visit and see with your own eyes and drive through some of the most spectacular parts of canada uh anywhere we've seen grizzly bears and elk and wild horses all along that road Uh, and getting to share that story which is yeah the kind of story that really uh gets us excited uh i mean they really all do but that kind of story where you can uh tell a story that a lot of people in canada don't realize and that almost seems like it must not be true at first that oh yeah there's a huge highway through the middle of northern canada that was built by the american military uh, looking to fight hitler (laughs) Uh, and then you can sort of use the smaller stories of you know the individual soldiers trying to build this highway through or across like permafrost and getting absolutely plagued by mosquitoes in the summers uh, to tell even bigger stories about Canada's role during the war and uh, our part in one of those biggest stories in world history. Uh, So we have a lot of fun with that too. Trying to find a small story uh, that is really engaging and personal as a way to tell a bigger story about sort of sweeping historical changes. Uh, again the country's just chock full of them everywhere you look.
1: yeah and that, that's really cool like and i find like uh the few episodes i watched outside of the pirate episodes too they are like some again like i mentioned things you wouldn't learn in school or even i was thinking like from like a lot of my american friends their perception of what canada is they're like oh it's just nice there and like there's nothing and then next thing you know i'm like watching your show and oh there's this pirate who cuts off somebody's ears and then fries them and feeds them to people (laughs) like there's something like like crazy and so exciting about all these stories and even before you came on i was watching the one uh the quebec uh, love triangle one too as well too and it's like holy shit like i didn't know all this stuff like was going on in my own country you know because uh i find like almost like with the school system here there's like a checklist of the things you're supposed to learn about and maybe a couple prime ministers here and there but this is like cool to just see you guys go off into the weeds and like see some of the reality and like whether it's just super interesting or even dark you don't shy away from it you just we're diving into this and this is what we're going to show you guys
0: yeah i think it's really important to tell you know sort of the full spectrum of stories the good and the bad and some of them are disturbing some of them are even really upsetting and some of them sort of mix uh that episode about the love triangle in Quebec City is uh, a great example of uh, a story that is really disturbing in a lot of ways. It's uh, a love triangle that's happening happening among like corrupt elites in Quebec City at the same time uh, that they're trying to fight a war against the British and Quebec City is being you know, bombarded and people are dying and uh, the Battle of the Plains of Abraham is a very bloody moment in Canadian history is just about to happen. Uh, but you've got this yeah, sort of weird, personal, uh, you know, bizarre love triangle story happening in the middle of all that, again, that big historical sweep and one of the biggest, most important stories, one of the most pivotal moments in Canadian history when the British are gonna conquer New France and, you know, bring it into the British empire. And uh, you've got this, you know, strange little story happening in the middle of it. And one that I think it helps engage people and get them interested in those bigger events that uh, are off and on things like school curriculums. And I think we were really lucky that we've all had wonderful history teachers and professors in the past who uh, really, uh, really harness the power of storytelling, which is something we try to do as much as possible. I think it's just like a fundamental way, uh, part of how humans work is being attracted to stories. So a lot of what we're trying to do too is use those stories, find the most fascinating, engaging stories we can, something like that love triangle. Uh, And then people will realize that the events that sometimes uh, unfortunately are taught as sort of just dry lists of dates and events and textbooks and memorizing what happened when, you Sort of just accidentally start learning that kind of stuff when you just start listening to stories and telling stories, and uh, you know, you start learning about the Battle of the Plains of Abraham because you're interested in what's happening to these weird three, uh, yeah, lovelorn uh, elites in Quebec City that happen to be there during one of the most pivotal moments in its history. And we're actually going back there this season, we went and filmed. A whole new episode that happened right around the same time around the Battle of the Plains of Abraham about uh, someone who's really a famous figure in Quebec, uh, La Corriveau, who's the most infamous witch in Canadian history, who has her own fascinating story, who was a real historical figure who was there at the time of the British invasion. Uh, who has not just a fascinating history of her own and fascinating myths and legends that have grown up around her, uh, but the story of how those myths and legends came to be and how this real woman uh, sort of became known as a witch and has played a really important role in the sort of history and culture of Quebec ever since, which is a story that I think is very well known there, that even we who spend you know, as much time as possible diving into the history of the country hadn't heard of before we started looking into this for what sort of stories we could tell this season. Uh, so it's fun too to be able to tell people's stories about their own backyard uh, and sort of help them uh, realize that these stories, this histories around us all the time, uh, but also the stories of other parts of the country that they might not know that are. Uh, these fascinating, sometimes yeah, disturbing, sometimes funny stories uh, that are in every corner of the country, and since it's such a big country, not everyone gets to see every part of it and learn all these stories in person. Uh, so we try as yeah as much as possible to sort of bring our viewers with us and show them all these corners of the country and all these strange stories uh, and. Uh, and in a lot of cases too I think show them how they connect together so Mm. I think like a woman who is denounced as a witch living on the you know the uh, shores of the Saint Lawrence might not have a lot to do with say the history of like Vancouver somewhere thousands of kilometers away but the fact that she was there played a role in the moment the British conquer New France means that her story is tied to huge parts of Canadian history that have impacted basically everyone who lives anywhere in the country. Uh, So we have a lot of fun with that too, trying to show those connections between different places. And as much as possible, we try to, uh, even though it is uh, frequently uh, a little exhausting and self-destructive, we try to cram as many locations into every episode too so that uh, as much as possible, you can see these connections. And the Pirates mm-hmm. one that uh, debuts on June 28th is a great example of, yeah, hopping around uh, and tying the histories of different places together. Uh, hopefully, yeah, giving people a better sense of their country and how it came to be.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I appreciate the effort you guys put in this so much. And like I mentioned, it doesn't seem like I'm just watching a youtube blog or whatever it's just it's the production is just amazing too and uh, i'm really looking forward for that uh that witch episodes as well like you guys are giving me like all my favorite things pirates witches next thing you no, know, there's gonna be like the canadian vampires <laughs> uh, we've
0: got uh actually a short episode this season so we've been supported by parks canada this year too mm-hmm. so we're doing episodes that are going to appear on our own channel A few are gonna appear on Parks Canada's channel first. One of those is all about uh, the real story of a werewolf in Quebec in the 1700s, that there were actual newspaper reports of a werewolf stalking through the countryside just after uh, the Battle of the Plains of Abraham and the British conquering of New France, which must've been a really frightening and unsettling time. So maybe not even a coincidence. Uh, so, you know, it's up to you whether you want to believe the werewolf is an actual real historical figure who existed, uh, but just the fact that you get these real newspaper reports that t- are telling people living in Montreal and Quebec City that there's an act, ap- you know, that they need to be looking out for this werewolf stalking wow. them uh, <laughs> through the streets and through the forest. Uh, I think even that can tell you a lot about what was happening there then. Uh, and get a lot of the history that is uh, yeah, a little easier to believe through the story uh, that is itself really entertaining and fantastical.
1: Oh, that's amazing. I'm all in on that one. <laughs> even, even if it's not real, I want to believe in the Canadian <laughs> Quebec werewolf. <laughs> that is so awesome. And um, I can imagine too, as you're doing these stories too, even like being a historian for like the past 10 years, it seems like you're, taking a deeper dive into maybe even some stories you were familiar with and um like just digging and digging and has there been a lot of moments that where you've just had moments of like being surprised where you thought like the story was this one way and then the more you dug into it you found different things where it kind of sent it into a different direction?
0: Yeah just just continually uh which is why these episodes have become So our longest and most ambitious ones yet is because we can't resist following those rabbit holes. And we're just always surprised and learning about those connections sort of as we go. Uh, So one example from this season might be that we really wanted to go uh, to one of the hardest places to reach in Canada, which is Sable Island, which is basically a shifting sandbar way off the coast of Nova Scotia out in the stormy Atlantic. Uh, where a bunch of wild horses have been living for centuries, sort of out there alone in the middle of the ocean, surrounded by sharks and shipwrecks. Wow. Uh, so we started just digging into, so what's the story of that place? Cause uh, we were lucky enough to have Parks Canada's support and they uh, are the ones who oversee Sable Island. So we thought this might be sort of a once in a lifetime opportunity to get to go, since we might actually have the access that we need uh, and they were wonderful enough to give us that and fly us out in a tiny plane to land on that sandbar and hang out with those wild horses, which are all like very protected and like very untouched uh, by humanity mostly, just left to their own devices out there. and start seeing how that connected to even those horses, as isolated as they are, as wild as they are, are connected to some of the big sweeping stories of Canadian history. So started digging into it and learning that some of the original horses that were left there hundreds of years ago uh, were originally, some of them, uh, a breed of horse called the Canadian horse that has its own fascinating story. A horse that was sort of bred by some of the early French settlers in New France to become a really hardy breed that helped uh, build the country uh, and uh, plays a huge role in sort of the history of Acadia and the Acadians and uh, how the Acadians were uh, Francophone people in the East Coast were driven out of their homes, their land by the British occupation in the 1700s. And some of their horses, taken away from them and how the Canadian horse later also played a role in other big, sort of uh, Canadian history moments and wars and ended up in danger wow. and had to be saved and uh, all just one after the other, realizing that had this fascinating connection. And all we knew at the beginning was we wanted to tell the story of these horses. And once you start digging, it all unfolds like that. That one thing leads to the next. And uh, almost every story you start looking into ends up way more interesting and with a much bigger scope than you ever imagined when you started digging and once you start yeah you get these huge rabbit holes
1: yeah I I can see it being a challenge because like the episodes are are pretty quick as well to uh kind of cut it down and make sure it's makes sense as well that's another skill too just probably getting all this information and then making the the right edit for people to uh to digest
0: yeah this season it was a huge challenge it has been uh, two or three years i think a couple of years since we posted our last video uh, and we weren't sure whether this season was ever going to happen at all because uh, we rely on getting grants and funding and our patrons on patreon and sort of uh, stitching together the funding for a show that is, yeah, is self-destructively ambitious, <laughs> You know, taking a YouTube channel on these uh, trips across the country, uh, spending months away from home filming this season. Uh, so uh, it had been a little while and we were a little bit rusty when we started writing the scripts and maybe a little overly excited about getting the chance to go there uh, and do it again and get, lo- get lucky enough to get the funding we needed. Uh, so, Uh, we'd sort of forgotten how many pages the script should be and uh, Mm -hmm. we're indulging ourselves a little too much in uh, (laughs) diving into the stories and ended up having a very painful process of having to edit them all down Uh, and they're still even longer than any episodes we've ever told before because they're yeah just stuffed full of even more history and even more fascinating little facts than any of our Uh, videos before and one like pirates we decided couldn't even fit in a single episode Mm. and we had to break it into two parts uh, to make it a little more digestible but hopefully um, that means they're also going to be better bigger uh, episodes than we've ever told before and even sort of bigger and more fascinating stories.
1: Yeah, kudos. And yeah, like I mentioned, I love the pirate ones. I'm, I'm happy it was a two-parter. Like I wanted more. I want a three, a four, five. You want to keep going back to the pirates? That's okay with me. But uh, one thing <laughs> I think is just uh, beautiful too about your story is uh, you dove into your passion of wanting to tell these stories. And now it seems like this has taken you on adventures all over the place where you're actually going to these locations and getting to see it firsthand and everything. And just, um, what is like your perspective? Do you think of like the bigger picture or are you caught up in the work or like do you get to stop and smell the roses sometimes and just be like, wow, this is kind of amazing.
0: It sort of ebbs and flows probably. When we're writing the scripts, it's all about the excitement of it Uh, and, Ashley Brooke, our co-creator, who uh, is the one who does all the very hard and unrewarding work of booking all the locations and planning out our schedules uh, while uh, the rest of us add more and more locations as we get more and more excited about all the places uh, that we can go film. Uh, And then uh, this season especially, and uh, a little more challenging than previous seasons, not just because we were going to more locations and uh, doing longer episodes, but also the pandemic was still happening. So uh, so that added a whole level of difficulty to it. We had an experience before, and we had to try to do it in as small a window as possible for that and for budget. So it was yeah, basically three months where we're away from home almost every day. And at that point, it can start getting easy to forget uh, how exciting and special and privileged it is to be able to do all of this. Uh, so it's something we try to keep in mind uh, and soak in, even on those long days uh, when we've been hiking up a mountain to get one shot or yeah, heading out on a, an old lobster boat out to an island in the middle of the Bay of Fundy where uh, things are starting to get a little sketchy and we're starting to get a little worried about the weather and get stranded, in fact, on the lobster boat for six hours or something, waiting for the tide to come back in. Well storm start uh (laughs) uh, freezing uh as we sort of wait for midnight when we can finally come back in Uh, but to remind ourselves and it ends up being really easy because uh you're in these places where you know the stories that have happened there and they themselves are so often spectacular that uh the yes Uh, privilege as I say to be able to go and see those places and to meet the people who are there too Uh, so it was one of the most exciting things about uh, the show is that we get to go meet people all across the country who know the stories of the places where they live so well and who've dedicated in a lot of cases their lives to sort of telling preserving and sharing those stories and who have that enthusiasm for that corner of the country and uh in a lot of cases our work really relies on them too uh whether it's you know people running uh caring for a little church where we're going to film one scene or whether it's the parks canada experts we were able to work with this season who know so much about the places they work, whether it's a national park or a historic site around the country and get to share that knowledge with us, make sure we're not making mistakes as this film crew from Toronto, who are trying to tell stories Mm -hmm. all across the country and uh, three white people from Toronto too, who uh, need to make extra sure that we're treating these stories with the respect they deserve and uh, collaborating with people when we need to and making sure Uh, that we're not just barging in telling it the way we want to tell it and make sure we're being respectful and uh, learning all that we can about it and getting all the details right. Uh, So yeah, it is a a wonderful experience, even though it can be exhausting. Uh, And, you know, when you're standing somewhere like the midnight dome, the hill overlooking Dawson City in the Yukon, a place you dreamed of coming for years and have been doing all this research into and you get to stand there, you know, with a pink sky at midnight because the sun's not going to set until 3 a.m. because that's how far north you are. Uh, It really drives home. Yeah, just how lucky we are. Uh, And hopefully that is the same place. Yeah, it's it's an incredible place. And uh, yeah, we've been lucky to get to see a lot of places we never imagined or just had faint dreams of getting to go. This season we got to go to uh, Labrador too, which is a place sort of never really imagined setting foot in real life. Uh, But there's actually a UNESCO World Heritage Site that's Parks Canada run called uh, Red Bay, which is where some of the very first European whalers came in the 1500s. Basques uh, from sort of the border of France and Spain, who Hunted whales made it built it into the first real big industrial whaling center anywhere in the history of the world uh, and who left traces that you can still find there today. Uh, so it's this tiny little place in Labrador where you'll still find uh, sort of the red clay roof tiles from the ovens they used to boil down blubber and even the skulls of whales from 500 years ago. They're still bleaching on the beach. Uh, Wow, getting to go see those places and hopefully that all translates uh, across the screen on YouTube that uh, hopefully we're getting to go not just the places that we're excited to go to and can't believe we get the privilege of seeing but hopefully also sort of showing them to other people through the show uh, and maybe yeah sort of shining a light on some places in Canada
1: that uh, you might not have heard of before. Yeah, you guys are doing such an incredible job and it's cool to hear you break down the process like that as well. And even uh, something I'm interested in about too is um, I know some people who they'll write history, they'll be able to gather the information and like maybe put it in a textbook or whatever. But the thing that you're doing is actually like getting on camera and being able to convey it as a a well speaker. And was this something uh, that came naturally to you? Or did you just like, uh, did you always like kind of uh, like put yourself out in the front to to talk or did you start off as a writer and it transitioned into it or?
0: Yeah, it's definitely been a learning process because I've always done public speaking and that kind of things. Uh, uh, but getting in front of the camera like that was, yeah, very much a new experience uh, and yeah, Definitely a learning process. Hopefully, this season's uh, uh, better than seasons before, uh, as I find even my feet even more. And it's nice to have other people there doing the filming who can uh, help make sure uh, that little things are a little more polished. Uh, the first two seasons, especially. Uh, I was always trying to figure out what to do with my hands, and uh, <laughs> hopefully, I'll figure that out a little bit more in the third season. Please, if you're watching the show, don't look for it because uh, <laughs> you yeah. get more and more self-conscious about it. But uh, stuff like that, upping the wardrobe a little, refresh uh, for the third season too, and uh, yeah. I'm- trying to keep one eye on trying to seem polished and professional and, uh, not, you know, be distracting in any way so that the stories can really shine. And on the other hand, just, yeah, trying to let just the honest, genuine, uh, fascination, I feel with these stories, hopefully translate as much as possible, uh, and sort of come across the screen.
1: Amazing, And
0: try to not let on that, We're doing it on barely any sleep and it's like week three (laughs) of a trip through Newfoundland and we've just, yeah, hiked up this mountain and I'm actually really sweaty and exhausted. Yeah. Uh, I cannot wait to go lie down.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I could never tell, like, uh, like I noticed, like, I was watching, like, the older episodes, too, and I was just always thinking, I'm like, oh, this guy's just such a great host, like, this is this is awesome, but we're all, like, our own worst critic, too, so, like, I could tell, like, uh, you're, like, as you were talking about, oh, I didn't know what to do with my hands, and just, which is natural, but, like, as a viewer, we're not even, like, thinking about that or anything, but, oh, well, yeah, you're doing a good job. <laughs> Yeah, and um, going forward is uh, like, uh, do you have the whole third season planned out? or Are you still kind of uh, molding it together?
0: Yeah, so we went and did uh, almost all the filming for it last year, so late summer and fall. Uh, so we've now got a huge trove of footage that uh, we're working through and turning into episodes and i think kyle's locked away in his office doing all those animations day after day uh and a little bit more filming left to do so we're going to go back uh to ottawa we're going to do an episode about the Rideau canal uh and it's way more fascinating history than you would ever imagine if you just think of it as uh that place you go skating in ottawa but it actually has a very grisly origin story of uh Quite a few people died building that canal and it was supposed to play a really pivotal role uh, in Canadian history as sort of a defense uh, against a potential American invasion after uh, the war of 1812. So we're excited to go do that filming. Uh, we've also got a few episodes that uh, we've sort of half filmed and managed to go to some of the locations, but we're hoping we'll get more support uh, from just ordinary people on patreon uh throwing us a few dollars per episode so that we can finish telling those stories we've got a big one uh about uh vikings that we're hoping uh to release sort of as a bonus episode after the season's done and uh one about dukebors too that we still need to get out to bc and uh film the story of this uh religious group that uh, moved here that has their own fascinating history and sort of uh, some naked protests and some arson and bombings uh, all mixed up uh, in their very interesting history. Uh, and the contributions they've made to the country in some cases in very uh, difficult circumstances. So uh, yeah, mostly we've got a slate of episodes uh, that we're going to be rolling out sort of over uh, the next weeks and months. And uh, as I say, some of them on our own channel, some of them on Parks Canada's channel first before they go on ours. So, uh, we've got yeah, a ton of episodes that are going to be coming out over the cool. next oh yeah, many many months uh, into the future.
1: Nice. I, I'm going to continue to share them too as uh, they release because uh, I'm enjoying it so much. And if people are listening um, and want to support, it is this is Canadiana slash Patreon dot com. If you want to throw them a couple bucks, they're doing amazing work. And yeah, see for yourself. Go check out the YouTube channel. And you mentioned it's on the Parks YouTube channel as well? Uh, no, the big episodes
0: and the ones that are releasing now uh, are all going to be on our own channel. So that's just oh, okay. youtube.com canadiana. Uh, and then I think probably uh, further into the future, some will start appearing on the Parks channel first and then our, our own channel uh, following that too. So uh, yeah, you can find it all on our channel eventually. And if you want to get some of them a little earlier, you can keep an eye out. Uh,
1: in the in the future for some of them to show up on the Parks Canada YouTube channel too awesome awesome I'm excited uh I'm gonna go back and watch more after we're done talking as well (laughs) it's it's so cool and like kudos to like even it's incredible to hear um that you have such a small team and shout out to uh your guy Kyle there who's probably editing right now because um what he does it seems like it's made by a bigger team I do editing myself too and as you mentioned that, I'm just like, oh my god! Like that guy's putting in some work, right? <laughs> and everything. Kyle and
0: Ashley do so much of it. I am so yeah. so lucky uh, to have them as as collaborators because they are both incredibly talented at what they do, uh, and I get to look good, standing, <laughs> standing, yeah, standing in front of their camera and uh,
1: cutting away to their animations. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, your group has like a magic going on. And uh, I'm excited to see what's in the future for you guys. Uh, I can definitely see this like being on television, like just the work you've put in and the quality and everything. And but maybe maybe TV's not the root, you know, like uh, sometimes YouTube works for people too, as well. And uh, it's just, uh, it's so unique and interesting. And once again, I can't say it enough, you guys did such a great job on these
0: Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm so glad you like them. Hopefully everybody else does too. And yeah, we've been working on these episodes for so long now that it's incredibly, just incredibly exciting that we get to finally start showing them to people and uh, see what the reaction is going to be.
1: Yeah, and uh, around the series too, where can people find you? Are you on uh, Instagram, Twitter, anything like that? Or?
0: Yeah, so all the Canadiana stuff you can find uh, on uh, all the various socials. We're at this is Canadiana. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, I'm at TO Dreams Project 2 uh, And yeah, we've got lots of stuff going up on all the Canadian social channels and uh, yeah, trailer and teaser for the new episode and uh, posing archival photos and some behind the scenes stuff all the time. So you can check that all out there.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for spending time with me today. Uh, like I mentioned, I'm a new fan of this too. So I'm probably going to bug you down the road to be on the show again too, maybe uh, for season four or whatever you guys get into. Uh, I, I love it. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, absolutely. Anytime. Uh, thanks so much for having me. It's been, uh, been a really fun, fun conversation.
1: Awesome, Adam. Hope you have a great day and uh, I'll keep in touch and uh, let you know when this episode drops. Awesome. Thanks so much. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Adam Bunch, like we mentioned. Check out the YouTube channel, Canadiana. This has genuinely been my new favorite thing to binge watch. And if you check it out, like it, and want to further support them, be sure to check out their Patreon page. I'll have a link to that in the description. And also, speaking of Patreon pages, I can't leave this episode without thanking all you legends on my Patreon. And first up... I need to thank the co-producer Jeremy Hopkin of Hopkin Design and also I want to mention Jeremy is a bit of a historian himself and I just want to dedicate this episode to you thank you for all your help and support and friendship throughout the years man it means more than I can even articulate so thank you thank you thank you jeremy this one's for you and also all you other legends on the patreon starting with the queen ola mazooka of sonic fold ryan watkins of ryan radio amanda mcknight of top 10 nerd pat maloney ryan campbell devin staple devin mcbride ramshi mike ulio jenny potter saber i got a t-shirt for you let's link up soon (laughs) and last but not least Francis Coffer, aka my mom if you'd also like to support the Creative Imbalance podcast get a shout out at the end of every episode and also get these episodes early raw and uncut after I'm done the zoom call I just drop it on there no edits whatever <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash the creative imbalance and, and it's only 4 bucks a month uh, Canadian I think it's cheaper if you're american probably by like a dollar or three because uh the exchange rate is crazy right now but i'm going on a tangent thank you all once again we got more episodes coming your way and i'll catch you next time love you